Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Surely the Bible talks about many things. There are innumerable items mentioned in Scripture, and we all have our own personal preferences. Maybe the stories or the fascinating prophecies or the various spiritual experience that it documents. But there is a unique item that the whole Bible unveils to mankind, and that item is really a person, the person, Jesus Christ. And in all the Bible, no book unveils this one so thoroughly and so highly as the book of Colossians. We come once again to this Christ-unveiling book today to see him as the firstborn from among the dead. And Francis Ball has joined us to fellowship a marvelous subject. Francis, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. Thank you very much. And this is a marvelous subject. Colossians is such a book, Francis. I've really uh, come to love it. And we've seen already that no other book elevates Christ to such a high place. We've seen him as the one through whom even creation took place. And in chapter 1, verse 15, he's even the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of creation. Now, today we see him also in verse 18 as the firstborn from among the dead. We're going to see a lot today from these two expressions, firstborn of creation and firstborn from among the dead, aren't we? Yes, this, I believe, will unfold some facts about this wonderful person that not many people have really realized. Francis, uh, we really want to see him as the preeminent one today. I want to remind our listeners of these key verses in chapter 1. They'll be our focus today. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, and verses 18 and 19. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he himself might have the first place in all things. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell. Why don't we go ahead and get right to Witness Lee today. One basic thing I surely have to uh, uh, remind you, that is, this book wants to reveal to us that Christ is everything. We have to realize in this universe, God has two creations, the old creation and the new creation. The old creation is the heavens and the earth and mankind and millions, even billions, items of different things. These is God's first creation, the old creation. Of these, Christ is the first item. Now, be said, this first creation, God has the second creation, which is called the new creation. And the new creation is just 
the church, the body of Christ. And this new creation is all together by one action, that is resurrection. The old creation was created, but the second creation, the new creation, is not by creation, it's by resurrection, by having the old creation dead, crucified, killed, then resurrected to be the new creation. One striking thing, that is, Christ as the Son of God, he passed through two births. One birth at his incarnation, and the second birth at his resurrection. Before incarnation, Christ was not a man. He was the infinite God, eternal God. He had no human nature. You do have this word, became used for this step in John 1.14. The word became flesh. He was God. He was the Son of God. He was eternal. He was infinite. But he became a man. He was not a man before incarnation. But through incarnation, he became a man. This was the first birth, the first ten. Well, Francis, I think Witness Lee said it best here. <laughs> One striking thing is that Christ, as the Son of God, passed through two births. And this is striking for sure. I think it also is probably completely new to most people. Uh, but yet the Bible clearly reveals it, doesn't it? We all know we need to be born again. But it's a marvelous fact and uh, a shocking realization that Christ had two births. Francis, this first birth, the first step, as he called it, has to do with the firstborn of creation. Let's focus on that for a minute. Well, the first uh, step, as he pointed out in this message, is his coming into creation, coming into man. This is uh, the first birth. This is Christ being born in a manger being born of Mary, coming into humanity. This is God coming into man to take up an expression of God in humanity, of divinity in humanity, God coming into man. That's the first birth. Everybody's acquainted with Christ's first birth. Right. But uh, it means much more than most of us have realized that that is God coming into man. That's divinity being mingled with humanity. And he lived on this earth expressing God. He lived a human life, but that human life was God living on the earth, expressing God in all he did and said and all of his actions. That's the first step. And we'll see as we go on another step, Mm -hmm. a new creation. But in the old creation, we have to realize that God needed the old creation And so he came into that old creation to express himself in the man, Jesus Christ. Francis, before we go on to that next step, let me ask you about a phrase that uh, I jotted down here as he was speaking. He said that uh, before incarnation, he was the son eternally, but he wasn't a man in eternity. That's interesting, isn't it? Yes, that's right. He was not a man until the birth, the first birth, brought him into humanity. 
brought God into humanity. Christ became a man. In John 1.14, it says the Word became flesh. This was a real action, not a passive action. This was an action on his part of coming into man and even putting on man. Francis, he concluded by calling this, I think, the first step. We're going to look now at the second step, which is what you were just alluding to. Uh, That's not the only creation that exists in God's economy. There's a new creation. Let's find out about Christ being the firstborn of that creation as well. Very good. Let's go to Witness Lee. This was the first birth, the first step. After this, he lived on this earth. 33 and a half years. Then he took another step, the step of resurrection. He became something further. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. This was his second birth. In this second birth, he was born to be the firstborn son of God. He was the only begotten son of God. Before his resurrection, God had only one son. But after his resurrection, and through his resurrection, the only begotten son of God became the firstborn. Having many brothers, Romans 8 and Hebrew 2, These two chapters in the Bible both tell us now the Son of God has many brothers. And how could only begotten Son have many brothers? If he has many brothers, he could never be the only begotten. Before his resurrection, he was the only begotten. But through his resurrection, he became the firstborn of many sins. We all had to follow this. But these two birds, God was brought into humanity. And man was brought into divinity. By his incarnation, God was brought into man. Before the incarnation, God was God. Outside of man. Above man, God was never in man. But God is born into man at the birth of Jesus. God joined man to be one with man. This is one side. Then there's another side. By his resurrection, what happened, you know? Man was brought into God. While he was watching on this earth, we all have to shout, my See, 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 God is living in man. But today, look at him in the heavens. What we have to show? Man is in God there. By his birth, God was brought into man. And by his resurrection, man was brought into God. What a transaction. What a traffic. Not one way. But two-way traffic, God coming, man going. God coming into man by his incarnation, and man going into God by his resurrection. Two births. Today, our Christ 
is the very God, and also He is the very man, and also He is the very life-giving Spirit. By all what He is, God was brought into man, and man, we have been brought into God. There is such a transaction, such a traffic, and such what, such a mingling. Hallelujah. Whoa, Francis, it's hard to uh, it's hard to follow that. There was so much, there was so much there. I hope our listeners could appreciate uh, what was just uttered. It was just marvelous. I was thinking as he was talking about. It would have been one thing to see him walking around and, and uh, shouting, look, look, God in a man. Yes. But to see him in the heavens and to shout, look, man in God there. Yeah. Uh, I, maybe this is what Stephen was looking at in Acts when he was uh, beholding the Lord as he was being stoned to death. What do you think? It says he saw the Son of Man. Yeah. So we saw man in the glory, a man at God's right hand. All right, let's get into this and see if we can develop it a little bit. In his first birth, the Lord brought... God into man, or divinity into humanity, if we want to use that kind of terminology. Now, the second birth that the Lord had was in resurrection, and this one brought man into God. Just this much is a tremendous discovery, Francis, but there's much more to this second step, and that is it didn't just involve Christ, but it also involves us as well. Let's talk about this aspect. This is really quite a marvelous aspect of these two steps, or these two births, that this man, Jesus, he brought man that he had lived now for 33 and a half years on the earth, gone to the cross, died, and resurrected, and that glorious resurrection and ascension was man coming into God. So man now is in God, and God is in man. This is really marvelous, because this is not just one man coming into God. This is the firstborn, followed by millions of others that are brought into God. Francis, we have to, uh, I think, point out it's one thing to see ourselves someday in heaven, but to contrast that with this perspective, to see ourselves not in heaven uh, as a place, but to see ourselves in God yeah. as our ultimate destination. How much higher is that? Yes, that's so much more than trying to go to a place. We're in a person. We're in God himself. Through the resurrection of Christ, through that birth, we became the many brothers of the firstborn Son of God. Well, Francis, in this uh, final section today, he's going to point out that to see this, to get a kind of vision of this, can be life changing. And it will also bring forth a very, very probing question, and that is, with such a Christ in us, the one who is firstborn preeminent in the old creation and the firstborn among many brothers in the new creation, why is it that we seek after so many different and other things? That is a real perplexing question. Well, it is perplexing, but it's just for our blindness. I believe so. When you don't see something, you have to grope and try to find your way around. But when this light comes and dawns on us that we have really been brought into God with the resurrected Christ, and our life is hidden with Christ in God, if we see this, this will really make a tremendous difference in the way we go through life, the way we deal with everything, to realize what has happened to us by the resurrection of Christ and by Him coming forth as the firstborn Son of God and we, his many brothers. This is tremendous. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, we all have to see in both 
of the two creations. In the old creation and the new creation, he is the first one. He has the first place. He is preeminent in all two different creations. In the old creation, he's the number one. In the new creation, he's the number one. In other words, in the universe, he's the number one. And in the church, he's also the number one. If we have really seen this experientially, this seeing will revolutionize our whole being. Will revolutionize our whole being, our life, our daily life, our marriage life. Our church life, in the old creation and in the new creation, in the universe and in the church, Christ has to be what? The first. Christ is the firstborn of the old creation. And Christ is the firstborn of the new creation. What does this mean? This simply means Christ, as the firstborn of the old creation, is everything of the old creation. And Christ, as the firstborn of the new creation, he is everything in the new creation. This corresponds with chapter 3, verse 11. In the new man, that is in the new creation, there's no room for Greek, for Jew, for Sidon, for barbarian, for bound and free, but Christ is everyone. Christ is you, 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 me, me. Christ is everyone. The point of the apostle's writing is this. Colossians. Why you are so foolish? Why you are so foolish? You have received one and you are possessing this one as everything. This one is the number one in the old creation. This one is the number one in the new creation. At the number one in all the creations, he is everyone, he is everything, he is all, you know, in both the two creations. Why you need to receive something else? Why you need to receive the worship of the angels? Why you need to receive some kind of a thought of the Egyptians? Why you need to receive something as kind of philosophy of the Babylonians? Why you have to receive this Greek philosophy, this Gnosticism? Why you have to receive all these traditions, elements of the world? Don't you know that the very Christ whom you have received and whom you possess now is everything? He is everything. Francis, we talked about this question as a kind of a lead into uh, Witness Lee's portion there. Again, I want to come back to it because uh, it's such a valid question, not just the one that Paul was posing to the Colossians, but really it's a valid question for all of us. We all have received this preeminent one, this all-inclusive one, this one who's first in both creations, in all creations, as he said. So why is it that we still look for other things to try to help us out in our Christian life or in our human life? Uh, We may not take Gnosticism or Greek philosophy like the Colossians did, but uh, we have to admit that a lot of things like psychology today and even the uh, worshiping angels, these occupy a lot of believers, uh, even today, don't they? I'm afraid you're right, Chris. I'm afraid that uh, even though Christ is everything in both creations, uh, not many of us have seen 
this reality, that Christ is everything to us in resurrection. We have him as everything in the new creation. And we saw at the first step, he's everything in the old creation. There's really no need to go elsewhere. We have the Bible full of Christ. Right. And yet, I've listened to a lot of preachers and a lot of different uh, ones in their Christian living trying to testify. And it seems like many of them are experts at leaving Christ out. In other words, they can talk about the world situation. They can talk about even supernatural things. They can talk about uh, angels and psychology and philosophy and these things, but leave out Christ. If we could be brought back to this reality that in the new creation, which we are now, Mm -hmm. we have Christ as everything to us. If we could learn to enjoy him as our everything, we need nothing else. Francis, I don't bring this up in a way of uh, disparaging or uh, criticism, but I think it somewhat underscores the point you just made. I heard recently a fairly uh, well-known evangelist of sorts or uh, uh, radio uh, pastor, and he said uh, when he gets to heaven, he wants to spend the first 10,000 years playing golf and the second 10,000 going to art galleries. uh, uh, we, you know, we may occupy our kind of natural thought with this kind of fanciful thinking, but I don't think either of those are going to be an option. We're, we're going to be enjoying Christ for that uh, period of time, preeminently and exclusively, aren't we? Absolutely. There's nothing else. Christ is all. He's first. He's last. He's the alpha, the first letter. He's omega, the last letter. He's all that God has to say. Francis, I uh, have to just admit to being stirred up by these messages in Colossians, to want to get to know him better. I realize how short I am. Uh, every time we hear this, you you have to come away with the realization that uh, I want my Christ to be to me what uh, Christ obviously was to our brother, our pattern, who went before us. Amen. I would like the same thing. Well, I appreciate your help each uh, time we can get together and fellowship over these wonderful messages. Uh, it's a real blessing, and it's a, a tremendous honor for us, isn't it? It really is. This is a privilege to be into these things which are centered so much on Christ himself. Hmm. Francis, uh, we'll look forward to having you back again very soon. Thank you. Let me point out our toll-free number before we go and invite you to contact us. I would really encourage you, if uh, you have any interest in the things that we've been bringing you on these Life Study programs from Colossians, uh, try to get a hold of these printed Life Study volumes in advance. Even if you have a chance to go over them yourselves a little bit before we come uh, from day to day to each topic, I think it will help your own appreciation and enjoyment of them very, very much. And this light will shine, I guarantee. The light that reveals Christ in the fullest way, as Witness Lee said, that is the light that is in the book of Colossians. So if you'd like to take advantage of these printed volumes or just to contact us in fellowship, let us know your own experience or the riches that God is showing you and bringing you into, uh, call us toll-free. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Francis Balta, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. 
From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today. What does it really mean to be born again? Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verse 3. To be born anew is to be born from above, from heaven. That is to be born from God who is in heaven. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. It is a divine realm to be entered into, a realm that requires the divine life. Only the divine life can realize the divine things. Hence, for one to see or to enter into the kingdom of God requires that he be regenerated with the divine life. Scripture, John 3, verse 3, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.